The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. A couple of things I was thinking about there while you were preaching. I, uh, when you're talking about the human eye, this to me comes back to the verse of Scripture, only the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Right. Um, the, way, the way our eyes, just your eyes, we're not talking about any other part of your body. There's six muscles that surround it. It's not, it's not a perfectly circle, okay? Those muscles pull, they push, and it changes the shape of that eyeball such that what I'm looking at is focused, inverted, on the back of my eye. Then it hits the optic nerve, which goes to my brain, and translates that into what I'm seeing, and it does it just like that. Yeah. In mm. fractions of seconds. Man can't touch that. Amen. Okay? Amen. Can't touch it. Also, uh, I can't remember if it's 37 billion or 73 billion number of cells in the human body at any one given time. Every one of those cells knows exactly what they're doing. Yep. Whether they're skin cells, heart cells, lung cells, brain cells, whatever. On top of that, your skin's replacing itself all the time. Yep. Only the fool has said in his heart right. that there That's is right. no God. That's right. If you want to follow along with me, I, I want to go to the book of Galatians. I've been reading on this the last um, few weeks at home and... Um, well, first of all, in the, in the second, second Peter chapter 3, the, the author here writes, this, is, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Yeah. I think it's incumbent upon us a lot of times to go back and give ourselves a refresher course. Right. Um, there was a discussion in there at, uh, at lunch, um, and I always enjoy listening to guys that I feel like are smarter than me talk. Um, and even though David and Jonathan and Jerry, he's not here, and Rusty, even though we all went to the same seminary, uh, <laughs> we didn't go to seminary, by the way. We went to, we went to Bethany, Fred Baptist Church, and... Uh, Brother Larry ran off a lot of his members um, by them becoming preachers. They're smarter than me, and I always feel like I've got something to learn, and I'm thankful for that because that hasn't always been my attitude. I've been into many situations where I felt like I knew more than the people there, how foolish I've been. But in the book of Galatians, and I think this is like I was trying to preach this morning a little bit how the relevance of something that was written well over 2,000 years ago is still relevant to us today. The letter that Paul here has written to the Galatians, and we'll just start reading there. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, 
to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Sounds like he's writing. I didn't realize that was there. <laughs> Sounds like he's writing. You know, it's going to be like a pleasant type, you know, letter. And immediately after that says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now you may think, what has that got to do with us in 2022? Well, these people were preached to by the Apostle Paul. Okay? Now I love Brother David. I watched him grow up. I watched his older brother grow up. I could tell you stories, not so much about David, more Jonathan terrorizing the church. But we'll, we'll, do that. we'll do that later. But I love them. And as good, good a preacher as they are, they're not Paul. Right. Okay? And if Paul is concerned about the church at Galatia and their backsliding, not so much their backsliding, but they're adding to, right. they're adding to the grace of God, the adding to the grace of Jesus Christ, and it would behoove us to pay attention such yeah. that we, even as primitive Baptists, as the brother talked about, he wasn't raised up in it, but, you know, I was, so. Um, even us, we can start adding things to it yeah, we if we're not careful. That's right. Right. If we're not careful. See, they, they wanted to add circumcision, different physical, as the brother was talking about, physical things that had to happen in order for you to become a child of God or be accepted into their particular sect or whatever it was, those things had to happen and we're just going to keep putting that stuff on people. That comes from power and control. Right. Okay? And Paul is telling them, you guys have messed it up. You're, you're, you're putting a yoke on people that God has not put on. Amen. Therefore, you don't have the authority to do that. He, he, he goes on to, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel, Paul even includes himself in that. Right. We, if I should fall into this, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which <clears throat> we have preached unto you, let him be accursed, and as we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. We as ministers do not have the authority to put a yoke of bondage upon God's children. Amen. Right. We are to encourage. We are to admonish. Uh, we are to preach duty, I believe, because all Scripture is given for instruction, reproof, doctrine, all those things. But when we start getting the cart before the horse, when we start adding things to the grace of God, then we dilute it. Right. We yes. dilute it. Yep. And we do so at our peril. Amen. There have been other... Um, primitive Baptist churches who had that sign on the door, and I don't want to get into all, you know, um, comparing and contrasting, but have invited into and, and led things into their church services, into their worship services. 
that we don't adhere to. You know, we, we, keep our, we keep our worship service simple. And we yeah. do it because in the New Testament, where God is silent, we feel like we ought to be silent. Right. Okay? You know, they preached, they prayed, and they sang. That was it. That's what they did in their worship services. Therefore, we adhere to that. I pray to God that we always adhere to it. Even though as a child, as a young person, I neglected to invite people to Bethany because if certain people weren't there to sing, that a cappella singing was rough, you know, sometimes. And my buddies all went to other churches where they had an organ player and a piano player and those type of things. And You know, there's nowhere to hide when you're singing a cappella. Right. It's just not. And so as a young person, I, I, I thought, you know, and I learned how to play a little guitar, and, that, and I thought, man, this would be, you know, my granddaddy let me know, and my Uncle Stanley let me know that. You can play that guitar all you want, but you will not be doing it in our worship. Uh, amen. Okay? I'm thankful for that. Amen. They're, they're, we're not to add anything to it. This is the way we do it because this is the way Scripture laid it out 2,000 years ago, amen. and it worked then, it'll work today. Amen. Right. We don't need to change what we do or add to what we do to attract the world into us. Brother, we don't want the world in here. Amen. Okay? I don't want the world in here. I'm out in that every day. I'm out in that every day. Praise be to God we have an oasis. Amen. To to. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 refers to them as... Foolish Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before the eyes, <clears throat> before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Why would you let these things go? It's a cautionary tale for us. It's relevant to us today. Right. When you feel like that you are not vulnerable, when you feel like that you cannot be tripped up doctrinally, when you feel like that you cannot slip, you are in the most danger. Amen. You are in the most danger. Yeah. What, pride goeth before destruction? Yeah. And you may be, as the brother talked about, you know, a, a lifelong primitive Baptist. And, and you may see your, the church that you attend, be it Antioch, be it uh, Sulphur Springs, be it Bethany in Georgia or Bethany at Ecru or you know, Macedonia or Antioch, and you may see that church as immune to those things. Not so. Not so. Not so. That church body is still made up of people right. okay, who are susceptible to pride and to arrogance. That should be part of that thing that we were talking about this morning with Daniel where he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat and that he prayed fervently. He sought the face of God daily. As a church member, you have a responsibility to pray for your church. You have a responsibility to pray for your pastor. You have a responsibility to pray for yourself. I had a preacher say one time, he didn't want to pray for people, didn't want to pray for themselves. He's right. You ought to be praying for you too. You ought to be praying for you too. And when we see ourselves as these Galatians did, how they're heathen, okay? They're, uh, you know, they're Gentiles. They ought to be the most thankful people in the world for grace. I mean, 
they're dogs to the religious world. And then here comes Paul delivering this message of grace where you're stripped away of the bondage of sin to a life in Christ. They ought to be shouting hallelujah all the time. It'll take them any time. And they're wanting to get people circumcised. They're wanting to do the different physical things in the physical world or somehow they're missing out. Mm. And sometimes we do that within our churches. That's right. I've had many... Uh, who knew that when you start preaching, I mean, I didn't, that people around you, when they find out you're a preacher, they want to ask questions. You know, and they think you you know more. Or they, no, let me rephrase. They think that you think that you know more. Okay, <laughs> and, they, and they you know they want to trip you up with different things and ask you things. I never thought in a million years that I would be in some of the discussions I've been in in the last four years <laughs> with people. And I've had discussions with people. Well, we've got to do this in our not Primitive Baptist. We got to do this in our church service because you know we got to we got to get our attendance up, or we got to get. Uh, we got to get more uh, people here. We got We got to do this. We got to outreach. Look, I'm telling you right now, we ought to be shouting it from the rooftops. Amen. What Amen. we teach and what we preach. Yeah. Right. We should not back up. We should not be bashful about any of it. Right. But we shouldn't have to change what we teach to bring people in. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. What we have is precious. Amen. Amen. And when I think about how I've neglected it in my life, it's a kick in the teeth. It's a kick in the teeth. I was blessed to be raised up in it my whole life and didn't want it. Didn't want it. So let's dig into that just a little bit. Chapter 2, verse 16. Paul here reaffirming grace to them, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now, why is that? Why, why, can the, why can flesh not be justified by the law? Pretty simple. Flesh can't keep the law. Right. Okay? The law, whether you're talking about Levitical law, whether you're talking about Ten Commandments, is perfect. Nothing wrong with it. God laid it out. It's exactly as it should be. It's perfect. The problem is us. Amen. Okay? There's only 10 of them. Really? Okay, there's 10 of them. We can't do 10 of them. Right. Can't do it. You know, you can look down through the Ten Commandments, and I've done this at Antioch before, and I wasn't trying to make anybody squirm, but, uh, you know, if the shoe fits, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you, you talk about the Ten Commandments, and you start with things like, well, man, I've never killed anybody. That's great. Good for you. Happy you have it. Okay. And I've never stole anything. I can't even get past that one because when I was a kid, I can tell you I did steal right. something at McCoy's Grocery. Mm-hmm. Mama made me take it back. Most humiliating day of my life at, at that time. I've done a lot worse since. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and may say that, well, I, I've never coveted, right? Really? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> get real. Right. And you may say, well, you know, the first one says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. 
And you may say, you may say, I don't have any other gods. I would ask you to reconsider. I would ask you to stare deeply into the mirror. Is there anything in your life at any point in time that you have placed more importance on than your Heavenly Father? I dare say if you're being honest with yourself, then you would answer in the affirmative. So you and I can't keep any of it. And so one sin, one thought of sin, one thing separates me from God eternally because God is perfect, cannot be in the presence of it. And so that, that one thing right there is terrifying. And Paul delivers to these Galatians the doctrine of grace. And yet they want to add a leash to it. They want to add something to it. And he's telling them no flesh is justified by the law. None of it. I mean, I guess we go to Ephesians where every primitive Baptist goes to. You know, chapter 2, that, you know, that. Uh, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, you don't think the Lord knows who you are? Knows your, knows your, knows your penchant for arrogance, you know? Knows that we would want to take... You know, I got to believe somewhere in the church at Galatia, there was some power and authority situations here, as the brother was talking about, that people were trying to usurp God's authority and trying to put a yoke of bondage onto people right here. That's what was happening. And Paul's writing them a letter. Guys, wake up. If anybody's preaching anything to you other than what we did, well, don't listen to it. I would say that to Brother Joe. I would say that to me. I would say that to Brother David. I would say that to Brother Larry, Jonathan, Silas, any other preachers we got in here. If you go to one of their churches, and as Brother Grady Camp asked me every time he calls me on the phone, you know, are you preaching any heresy? Uh, (laughs) That... If you got that going on, that man, if that man is called of God and wants to do it the right way, then he will want to be approached about it. And I'm telling yeah. you, I, I've, done, I've done that. If I've messed it up, I want you to bring it to my attention. Amen. I don't want you to make a public mockery of it. If you can help it, I'd rather it be just between me and you. Right. You know. Amen. Um, but if we got somebody doing it the wrong way, then let's approach them in a biblically a biblical manner and let's handle it. I love you. You love me. I want to do it the right way. I don't want to be adding a yoke of bondage to God's children. I do want to stir up their pure minds by way of remembrance. And I do sometimes want to step on toes if I feel like we need to have our toes stepped on. Okay? And we need to encourage people unto good works. We need to do those things, but not in a sense that that work or what this is doing or sitting in this pew in this church, baptized in this church, grants me access to heaven. No. Because that's not, that's not what we teach. It's not what the Bible teaches. I keep saying it's not what we teach. That's unimportant. Okay? It's not what the Bible teaches. Because you and I can be wrong. (coughs) We can be wrong. The problem comes in, and I was talking to a young lady, and I didn't get her name after the first service, and she was talking about, she's a teacher, I'm sure some of y'all know her, and she was talking about how these debates she gets into with people of other faiths and orders and how um, we have um, we have a problem 
with definitions. Bear with me. I'll get there. Okay, we have a problem with definitions. The, the overwhelming majority of Christendom, if you'll allow me that word, today teaches that our Heavenly Father offers salvation to everyone and that you and I, when we come to the knowledge of it or when we are, it's preached to us that we have to make that step and you, you, know, you know the drill. Okay, But those same people will also tell you that they are saved by grace. Right. I understand. Okay. Well, those two things don't go hand in hand. Right. Okay. It's either by God, of God, and for God, or it's not. Amen. There's really no middle ground. The problem comes in with definitions. Definition of the word work. They don't see that prayer, that baptism, as a work. Well, brother, if you have to do anything, and that's what I think Paul is getting at right here, right. if you're adding anything to the doctrines of grace, then you're messing it up. Amen. You're just messing it up. Right. You're muddying the waters, and you're, you're, you're choking, quenching the Spirit, and you're you're taking glory away from God is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Quite frank. And we serve a jealous God who will not have his glory or authority That's usurped. Right. right. God forbid that we would ever teach something that places glory on you or me or anybody else sitting in these pews. All glory and majesty and honor belong to him. Amen. And if we preach anything other than that, may the Lord take our voice. We don't want to do it. It's not healthy. Therefore, therefore, turn over to chapter, uh, chapter 5. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast. That's encouragement. That's also admonishment. That is instruction. You are to plant your feet firmly in the doctrine of grace and not back up. Amen. Don't back up. I don't care who we're talking to and I don't care where it's at. If it's not about God and if it's not giving Him the honor and the glory and the praise that He so richly deserves... I wouldn't adhere to it. Right. I wouldn't adhere to it. Like I said before this morning, it doesn't, it doesn't absolve us of responsibility. You and I have responsibility in this world. Uh, there's a physical side and a spiritual side. But let's not get the two confused, you know, because without the spiritual side of things, the, the finished work of Christ and the physical is irrelevant. There are books written that are, are helpful, you know, and I, and I want to I caution you because I think this is where sometimes these seeds get planted. If you go to, uh, at the mall, which in Tupelo there at uh, Barnes and, is it Barnes and Noble? I don't know. Well, anyway, the big bookstore. And you go in there 
and you go to the religious section, it's a pretty, it's a decent sized section. Um, and you look for a King James version of the scripture. You will. The last time I was there, I do it every time, just out of, you know, because I, I guess because I'm looking for something to aggravate me about Barnes and Noble, I, I notice I just, you know, but I. <clears throat> I'll go in there and I'll look and I usually can find two to three copies. But I can find shelves of other interpretations. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I can find shelf upon shelf upon shelf of self-help books, of interpretations of, interpretations of the interpretations of the scriptures, mm-hmm. if, if you'll allow me that liberty. I'm not telling you that things written about the Scriptures cannot be beneficial to us. But they do not take the place of it. That's and right. the study of it sometimes becomes wearisome and sometimes uh, you know, can wear us out uh, and, and make us tired. But the problem comes in when we start adding things to and reading other things that would take away from what the Scriptures say. Yes, I would caution you to be very careful about those things. You know, men can write volumes and volumes and volumes. Uh, If you'll allow me this liberty to go off on a rabbit trail, as the brother called it a minute ago, or earlier this morning. Men can write volumes and volumes on self-help books and how to be happy and how to be content in this world and not say anything. Right. And you can go in the book... Uh, Hebrews, I believe. And the Lord says, or the author says, let your conversations be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Right. Mm-hmm. One verse of Scripture, secret to happiness. Mm-hmm. Simple. The things that we teach, the things that we preach, there's a simplicity to it. I pray we hang on with everything. Amen. Amen. Because I'm telling you, you look around, and I'm out in it every day. And I got, um, I've got three children: one that's 22, uh, one that's 18, and and one that's 14. And um, I pray fervently for them because I see the things that they have put in front of them that is there all the time. The things that try to pull them away from the things that I want them to know. The things that I want them to understand. And I'm, I'm thankful so far they still come to me with questions. You know, I don't know that they like my answers all the time. But I'm telling you, as the world progresses, as the world progresses, now if the Lord chooses to bless, this may not be so, but you will prob- likely con- cons- consistently see a falling away from the That's choice. Right. Because man doesn't want to hear the truth. And man enjoys authority and man enjoys his pride and his arrogance. And I think there's a warning throughout the book of Galatians that is applicable to us today. May we guard what we have. You pastors in here. You deacons in here. It's your job. May we stand fast in that liberty. And don't back up. I don't care if there's two people sitting in the pews or 200 people sitting in the pews. Amen. I pray we not get discouraged because I know all of us have been there. You've been up. uh, You know, you get up in the... 
sometimes, you know, you're supposed to start singing at 1030, okay? In most Free Baptist churches, that's when you're supposed to start singing, okay? And sometimes I get up there to lead the singing, and it's me and my wife and Doug and Donnie and, and their wives. And I'm tempted to just, we'll just sit down here and we'll just wait on everybody to get here, and then we'll get started, Okay? It's easy to get discouraged. Yes, it's easy to get discouraged. Don't be discouraged, brother. You still got the doctrines of truth. Amen. Okay? It never changes. It never goes away. It'll be the same way when the Lord comes back. If he tarries in his coming and he takes us home before he comes back, that's fine. May he catch us still in the truth. If he decides to come back tomorrow, may he catch us delved into the truth with our feet firmly planted on his truths. Amen. And may we be shouting it. May we be amening it. May we never back up from it. And I hate to say that sometimes it's discouraging, but what Isaiah say in chapter 40, comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Your warfare is accomplished. Brother, it's not our jobs to convert people to Christianity. It's not our job to, as the, as, as the modern theology teaches, you know, to help them find God and those type of things. Right. Lord does the searching, Lord does the finding, Lord does the bringing back to Him. I pray that we continue to teach that, continue to preach that, and if we ever err from that, I pray that we have a dear brother somewhere along the way that can bring us back into correct Amen. theology. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.